الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن استنى بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذ أخذنا ميثاقكم ورفعنا فوقكم الطور خذوا ما آتيناكم بقوة واذكروا ما فيه لعلكم تتقون رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله ثم أما بعد Okay. So we are on ayah number 63 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah Azza wa Jalla in the previous ayah which we spent a couple of days on uh, spoke about the different kinds of groups that can make it to salvation. And now the Israelites are being reminded once again, وَإِذَا خَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ When we took the covenant from you, mithaq comes from wathaq in Arabic, which is a kind of promise that comes with a lot of responsibility. So you have different words in Arabic for taking promises and agreements. Uh, you know, aqd. Ahad. These are all different words used for uh, agreements and promises. But when Allah uses the word uh, mithaq, it means when you take an agreement from someone and you give them a lot of responsibility and you make sure they understand that the role that they are taking is a very serious one. So not only did they agree to it, they also appreciate the gravity and the seriousness of the agreement that they're signing up for. That would be a mithaq. It's kind of like you getting a job interview and you, when, you, when you get the job, uh, before they have you sign the paper... They give you like a one hour thing, look, this is really serious, your job requires this, 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 I hope you know what you're getting into, etc., etc. You're fully aware of what you're getting into, then you get into it, this is mithaq. So Allah gives them this, He refers to it as mithaq. A full description of this ayah, particularly, comes up later on in Surah Al-A'raf. What is this mithaq, and what are the details of this mithaq, with Bani Israel, with the Israelites? That is mentioned in more explicit detail in Surah Al-A'raf. And this is an, another beautiful thing about Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-A'raf. A lot of things that are brief here are in a lot of detail in A'raf. And a lot of things that are de- uh, brief in Surah Al-A'raf are in detail here in Surah Al-Baqarah. And this kind of relationship exists between many surahs in the Qur'an uh, all over. Anyhow, when we took the covenant from you, that, that serious promise from you, and we elevated the Tur, the mountain of Tur, Tur is its name, above you. This huge mountain, we, la- we raised it, uh, particularly above you. This has been appreciated or understood in a couple of ways. The Arabic language is full of majaz. It's, it's full of allegory and figurative kinds of speech. So to say a mountain was raised above you, um, it's kind of to say that the one, one way it's understood is that the mountain was shaken, and you know how boulders start falling down from the mountain? So it looked like the mountain was coming on top of them. So that's the image being described, the mountain was raised above you. Other scholars took this more literally, and said, literally the mountain was raised up off the ground and hovered above them. When Allah took this covenant, covenant subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regardless, neither interpretation is, uh, is qata'i. In other words, it's not absolute. And in the end, it doesn't change really the lessons that are embedded in the ayah. A lot of times, students of knowledge get caught up in details that Allah Himself does not emphasize in the Qur'an. You know, and we become overly obsessed with certain side points that become the point of very heavy, long, drawn-out discussion. And in the end, it's splitting hairs. It's not really the point that Allah Azza wa makes. Just to give you an, a side point about that, for instance, when we study Surah Yusuf, so many people are mentioned in Surah Yusuf, right? There's Yusuf alayhi salam, there's his father, there's his brothers, there's of course the people he met in prison, there's the minister, minister's wife, there's so many characters. How many names are mentioned in Surah Yusuf? There's two names, Yusuf alayhi salam and Yaqub. His mother's not even mentioned, alayhi salam. 
On top of that, the brothers' names are not mentioned. Even Binyamin, who was in prison, even his name is not mentioned. Not important. The king's name is not mentioned. The minister, his wife, no names. All these names you find in tafsir, if at all. And even then, it's like from the Israeliyat and things like that. But what are we learning in the Qur'an? Allah Azza wa Jal doesn't want us to lose focus from the point. He's making a point, and you should pay attention to that. And the things that Allah you know, omits, there's a wisdom in that too. There's a wisdom in that as well. So here, very briefly alluding to the Israelites, and keep in mind, we won't appreciate these ayat fully if we don't understand that the primary audience in these ayat is the Israelites. Ya Bani Israel, it began with them, addressing them. So Allah is talking to them. But then there's a very important question that should be answered when we understand these ayat properly. Allah is talking to the Israelites who are living in the time of Muhammad Rasulullah wasallam. This is several millennia after these incidents. The incident of the clouds following them, the incident of the manna and the salwa, the incident of the mountain being hovered above them, and the covenant being taken from them. These are not in their own lifetime, this is way back. So how come Allah refers to them as, you did this, we gave you shade. Well, they're not the ones who got the shade, There's, it's their forefathers. First of all, they take more pride than any other nation in being considered one continuity. They are one with their past, they are one with their legacy. And to this day, even though it's for shallow political reasons, they lay claim to the land that they lay claim to, saying that this is the land of our ancestors, therefore it's our land, we are one people. So what if we were away from here for a millennium? It doesn't matter, still our land, right? Because this, this tie to history is very important to them. Now Allah uses that bond they have with their historical legacy to make a point to them. And the point He's making here is, وَإِذَا خَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ When we took the covenant from you, and we raised the, the, the mountain of Tur above you, خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ Hold on to what we have given you with great might. This is, these are the words of Allah when the mountain was hovered above them. right? Or it was collapsing, about to collapse on top of them. Why? Not to force them into accepting it. They've already accepted it. It's very important. We took the covenant from you, then we raised the mountain, and we told you, take it seriously. In other words, it was already proven that they had accepted the messenger, but they weren't taking him seriously. So Allah Azza wa Jal, as an act of mercy from him, they call it nowadays the scared straight program. Right? They, the, Allah Azza wa Jal is gonna rattle them, He's gonna scare them, so they get their act together. Nothing else seems to get them to fix their behavior, so perhaps this event if nothing else will solve the problem, this should solve the problem. You know? So, so you know, Allah tells them, Hold on to what we have given you with might. Now the other thing also that's kind of interesting in the imagery of the ayah is, when there's an earthquake, or something heavy is about to hit, or something like that, people grab onto something. Right? You want to grab onto something? Grab onto what we have given you, the book, that'll protect you. Then he says, Very important. He gives them the formula for how do you hold on to it with great might. He says, وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And make mention of what is in it. Dhikr in Arabic is two things, to remember something and to mention something. So both of those apply here. Allah is telling the Israelites in regards to the book Allah gave them, the Torah, He's telling them, remember what's in it and mention what is in it. In other words, knowing what is in it is not enough. You have to remind yourself, repeat it. And you have to mention it to yourself and others. You have to actually out loud recite it to yourself and others. And this is exactly the tradition Allah gave us in the Qur'an. What do we do every time we make salah? We, we fulfill udhkuru ma fihi. Reminding yourself and mentioning what is in it. 
what Allah has given us. He says at the end of all of this, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that all of you may attain taqwa. This taqwa has been understood once again in two ways. One, taqwa means to protect yourself. So Allah is saying, you've, earned your, you've gotten yourself in some pretty serious trouble. If you hold on to the book, you'll be able to protect yourself from my wrath. The other is taqwa in its universal meaning. You want to become people of taqwa because guidance is for people of taqwa. You want to get there, hold on to the book and remember it and make mention of what is in it repeatedly.